Hi friends, welcome to the Sailor's Daughter podcast. My name is Kimber Marie and on this podcast we are navigating personal and professional resilience. Um, I was inspired to try out an episode where I'm reflecting on goal setting since we're nearing the end of 2023. You're probably seeing a lot on social media about goal setting. Maybe you're sick of it already. Um, some years I get tired of it really quickly and some years I actually look forward to it. Um, goal setting, I think, uh, seems to be kind of a divisive subject for some people, I think the reason why is because, one, there's so many methods to it, so when you hear about goal setting, it can often come off very ambiguous, Um, sometimes like a buzzword that people just throw out there, but then they don't really provide substantive, practical ways of achieving your goals. Um, At the end of the day, goal setting is essentially a to-do list, and that's just honestly how I view it. Um, A big to-do list that I might have for the whole year and then I'll break it down into quarters uh, and then just break it down even further based on what it is that I'm trying to do. Uh, So I think it's a good thing. I mean, I know not everyone is a list person. Uh, Some people may have different mindsets and approaches for achieving their goals. Um, If this is something that speaks to you, highly recommend uh, staying tuned in and just listening to my reflections on what has worked for me in the past and what I'm planning on changing in the future. Uh, If you're not really into goal setting, um, I still encourage you just to listen. This is a short and sweet episode. Um, Going forward, my one of my goals actually is to try and keep my episodes on the shorter side of things. Um, Don't get me wrong, I love a good long podcast episode if it's cardio day, but there's something to be said for the episodes that are 30 minutes or less. Um, So yeah, without further ado, um, I'm going to get started on this subject by looking at changing perspective on goal setting. So for me, when I was younger, I'm 27 now, I'm still young, but when I was in high school, uh, early college, um, I really loved making lists. I still love making lists. Um, I think that's why I am someone who loves goals. I think if you like lists, you're probably someone who also sets goals for yourself. And generally, goal setting just took the form of different lists. I would say my perspective on goal setting started to change. When I tried out planners, I think the first one I ever got was a passion planner. No, this is not sponsored. Um, And It was great because it made me sit down and think of the big picture, but then actually come up with steps to make that big picture happen. Because usually I would just say, oh, I'm going to be more active this year, but then not actually come up with a plan for how I'm going to make that happen. And I feel like, uh, you know, that's probably something that most people who are working towards a goal, you know, they're going to, they're going to hit that obstacle or maybe that, I guess, light bulb moment at some point um, when they are planning for their goals. You have to sit down and if you actually want to make it happen, well, how are you going to do that? Uh, It's not enough. I mean, I know manifestation is also another very popular buzzword these days that I, you know, hot take. I'm not a huge fan of manifestation, but that's a podcast for another day. Um, 
Yeah. So like you can think of yourself achieving the goal and that's great. Um, I'm pretty sure there's been scientific studies on the power of visualization and using that to help you achieve your goals. I know like they did a study with basketball players that visualized the game from beginning to end and they ended up performing better than those who did not. So I'm all for visualization, but at some point you actually have to play the game. (laughs) You have to train for that. You have to get up every day and apply yourself to the goal. So that planner helped me just realize that and break down every goal that I make. And this has been something that has changed my life going forward is when I set a goal, it's not enough just to say, oh, I want to do this. I'm going to do that. I have to sit down and break that down as far as I possibly can and give myself reasonable deadlines um, to make that goal happen. Another thing that I really enjoy doing is some people, you know, they, and I'm one of these people as well. So we'll set a goal, right? We're feeling very encouraged and nostalgic in December 2023. And so when January 2024 comes around, we're excited, ready to go. You set your goals for the year. And then by February, maybe by March, you kind of start falling off a little bit with your plan of action. Something that I love to do that has really helped is doing a quarterly check-in. So this helps me to move past just setting them at the beginning of the year and then forgetting about them. Uh, And based on your goals, maybe it's something you check in monthly or daily uh, if it's a certain habit you're trying to start. So this is as simple as time blocking, setting up alerts. Maybe you have an accountability partner, which is something that I've really been leaning on uh, with my friends the past couple of months with finishing up law school. I'll also be using an accountability group going into bar prep. So I love having an accountability partner um, and being an accountability partner for other people. I would say if you're feeling burdened towards a goal, well, that's just going to make me wonder, why are you setting it? And I've had those goals where in my mind, I'm like, oh, I have to do that or I want to do that. Uh, But any time I'm working towards the goal, I just automatically feel tired. And it could be that maybe that goal is just like, why do you want it? Maybe you have to do some soul searching and reflection on why you think you want to achieve whatever that may be for you. Uh, Or it could be that the plan of action you've set for yourself in reaching that goal, you know, is not the path that is meant for you. Uh, One of my favorite, I guess, motivational speakers, uh, Andy Frazella, he is the creator of the 75 Hard Challenge and has his own podcast. I really look up to him. Um, That challenge was really great for developing mental resilience as well as establishing more confidence and trust in myself which I think is uh, that is life-changing when you start working on that and I don't say that lightly um but he has this perspective of aggressive patience so you set this goal right it's very intimidating it's a lofty goal um and you're aggressive in your in your motivation and ambition for reaching it, but you're going to be patient with the work that you set in, the work that you put in to reach it. 
it's going to get boring, it's going to get mundane, it's going to get uh, rote, you know. Um, I think that's the case for a lot of goals. We, you know, get dopamine off of thinking of achieving it, but we're not necessarily visualizing doing the work each day. Um, and throwing it back to the interview I had with Mike Giovanni on mindset, he literally blew my mind with this quote, we don't, we don't, train to reach the goal, we set the goal to train. So if you're trying to implement a new habit, like drinking more water or being a more fit person in general, it's not just about being the fit person. Because to be a fit person, there are certain habits and things that a fit person does every day, right? So you set the goal to, to get to lean into that new training, those new habits you're going to be as a fit person. So that's why we set the goal. Setting the goal is all about the training and the working up to it. But we look at it in an, in an inverted way. We look at it as, oh, I'm training for this goal. When in reality, that goal is directing us in our actions every day in the actual training. So if you're setting a goal that you're not really excited about, or maybe it's something you've dreamt about for a long time and you've just held on to it, uh, but you're not really excited about it for whatever reason, I would encourage you to step back and maybe take a break from it for a little bit and put it on the back burner. That doesn't mean you'll never reach it or you'll never work towards it, but just taking a break from, you know, adding this extra pressure on yourself to reach something that doesn't feel right right now. And an example of this for me would be with writing. So one of my dreams is to be a writer, a published writer. Um, yes, I've done freelancing, but in my mind, I would love to write books one day. That's always been a dream of mine. It's never changed. And I'm still working towards that. But certain seasons of my life, like law school or when I was first out of college and dealing with the transition from student to employee and dealing with grief in my life um there was just when you're looking at like a long list of things to do it's you know it gets to a point where it's not fun anymore you're not motivated uh and that's where discipline kicks in where you, you get up and do the things anyways but sometimes I think it's worth uh stepping back and saying do I really want to work on this right now you know, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's something only you can answer for yourself. I listened to a podcast recently with Dr. Huberman. Everyone loves him. I love him. He's great. Uh, his goal-setting podcast was mind-blowing, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. He talks a lot about discipline and understanding that at some point, you know, you're going to wake up and you're just not going to want to do the things, or maybe you're busy. Maybe you have other things coming in that are suddenly a priority that you weren't expecting. I mean, life happens. And I think in those situations, either we utilize discipline and we do what we need to do anyways, or we give ourselves grace, address what needs to be prioritized, and then get back on track for reaching our goals afterwards. I mean, that's life. So I would, for me, something that has been super powerful and helpful is viewing it in that way. Sometimes certain seasons of life, certain quarters of the year, certain months, certain weeks require you to prioritize differently than you would have the day, week, month, or year before. And that's okay. 
And moving on to something I think um, that makes reaching goals fun and like doing these quarterly check-ins more exciting is I used to have this practice where I would treat the first day of every month as a mini new year. So I might buy a small bottle of champagne or invite friends over and we'll have a potluck or just do something fun uh, that I've been looking forward to and just treat it like a mini holiday and use that as almost like a reset button mentally saying any day can be a new year. I mean, time is arbitrary, right? It's man-made. So if you want it to be a new year tomorrow, it can be a new year tomorrow and you can start over. You don't have to wait till Monday. You don't have to wait till it's actually 2024. You can start tomorrow. Um, I would often use the weekend, right, as an excuse for delaying working towards a goal because, again, the goal itself is more exciting than the work to attain that goal. Oh, I'll just get to it on Monday. Let me get through the holidays. Oh, I need to go grocery shopping. I'll start meal prepping, you know, as a new habit. I'll start doing that at the end of this week when I go back to the grocery store. Like, all these excuses we can make, and some of them may be valid, um, But at the end of the day, it's an excuse. And depending on how bad uh, you want that goal and if you're able to go ahead and start, go ahead and start. So that's kind of been my journey in terms of my mindset around goal setting, how I view it today, how it's changed a little bit. Um, Currently, my yearly goal practice, you know, why? Why is this important? Why does it matter? I mean, it's going to be different for everyone. But I do think that a society with people who are motivated to constantly grow, constantly get better, I think that's a good thing. And it's been rough. I mean, the past couple past couple of years globally have been really hard. So maybe like the last thing you want to do is set a goal for yourself. Maybe you're tired. I get that. I think it's important to remember that goal setting isn't all about hustling. Um... Goal setting is how can you get more out of life? How can you be a better person? Um, And that also is going to come down to what your viewpoint and opinion or what your perspective is on what does it mean to be better. If everything you gauge yourself by is based on money or status, title, where you live, I mean, at some point, you know, those things will only get you so far. Uh, but if you are someone who is concerned about your health, you know, you, you want to be able to pick up things without being sore or being in pain. You want to be able to play with your children and not be out of breath. Or if you want to do a certain study program like law school or medical school and, you know, um, that those are very (laughs) time and financially laborious things that take a lot of mental and emotional energy plus time in general. I mean, it all comes down to how you measure success and what you're wanting out of life. And that could also be another reason why people put off goal setting because it makes you do reflection on who you are, what you want. And that can be a very, you know, intimidating and for some people scary process to do sometimes it's just easier to go through life say hey I'm just going to go with the flow I don't really care Um, because then you can't fail right you can't fail if you never set a goal you can't be disappointed if you never have expectations but from my experiences and 
you know, studying anthropology and being in law school, I think it's rare to actually meet someone who truly does not ever have expectations or desires or a dream for their life. Um, I, and I'm not a psychologist, not a doctor, but my guess would be that the reason people don't want to share those feelings is out of fear. Maybe you were laughed at when you were younger, you were told, oh, that's a silly idea, so now you keep them pent up, um, and that makes me sad. I'm sorry if you've gone through that. Your dreams and your goals are valid, and I don't think you should be scared, and I feel like such a hypocrite saying that, <laughs> uh, but honestly, the most liberating thing I've done that's come up this past year is working on getting over this fear of oh, what are other people going to think of me? You know, what will my family and friends make fun of me for wanting to be more active on Instagram, like, or posting on LinkedIn? Will these people I don't know think, oh, she has no experience to be posting on LinkedIn? At the end of the day, all of those could be true, but none of them reflect on my character and what I'm doing. So if you have a fear that's based off of how other people will react, I mean, you can't control that. You can only control what you do. And do you want to live the rest of your life realizing that you never went after something you've been wanting your entire life over something that you can't control? You put that off because of people's reactions, which is something you cannot control. I don't want that to happen. And that is why goal setting has become such a yearly uh, practice and tradition for me. Um, and not even yearly, but monthly, quarterly, daily, whatever the goal may be, it is something that truly keeps me going. If you're looking for inspiration, you know, these practices have helped me stay in alignment with my values and what I want out of life, which is why doing that reflection is so important. Um, looking back at the years, I've done these going on five years now, and that right there is why I really love these practices. They keep me in alignment with my values. So just to go ahead and, and tell you what they are and then I might describe them a little further is every year I will pick a word of the year, I'll pick a saint of the year, and then I will sit down and do my quarterly goal setting and breaking down whatever those big picture items are into smaller, more achievable steps with reasonable deadlines. The reason I like these practices is because they help me uh, keep perspective. So for example, the word of the year. Uh, that is honestly just picking out a word that maybe you just feel drawn to. Maybe it's a quality you're trying to develop. Um, maybe it's just, I don't know, a word that <laughs> keeps coming up and you don't really know why, but it, for something about it motivates you and inspires you. Maybe it's the name of a city you're wanting to move to, maybe it's uh, a job title you're trying to get. Picking out a word can kind of help set what you want the theme for your year to be. So for me, past examples are courage. Uh, the year that I got into law school, my year was bloom. Uh, my first and second year in law school, it was Cultivate. And then this past year, it was Process. So Courage, um, I remember setting that as my word because I wanted to practice putting myself in situations where I might avoid usually because I'm simply scared. And, you know, this is nothing wild, right? But I I'm just talking about 
dating, socializing, like going and doing things that otherwise I would avoid out of fear of failure or being rejected. Bloom, uh, I remember that being the word that I picked. One, because I was inspired by the song Super Bloom by Mr. Wives. And anytime I listened to that song, and that was also my song of the year, that was the one year I picked like a theme song. Um, I wanted my year to sound like that song. And so that was a really great way to stay inspired throughout the year. I would just put that song on and it would make me think of this theme and what I'm working towards. Um, And the reason why I picked that word was because choosing to go to law school was like the big, like the first big adult decision that I had made for myself. The next year I picked Cultivate. Um, I was still inspired by this idea of like life being a garden and what bloomed the year that I got into law school. I wanted to cultivate that my first and second year. I wanted to keep on that path of pursuing the things that I'm passionate about and honing them. Uh, So that's why I picked that. And then this past year was process. Something that I can do a lot is I will get lost with the big picture. And so I wanted to focus on learning to love the process. And that often means getting up every day and doing those mundane, boring things that get me to where I want to go. But it may not always be the most fun experience getting there. And the best example I can give you was this past February... I wanted to get back into weightlifting to kind of help with anxiety that I was dealing with law school. And it's something that's been on my uh, goal slash to-do list for a long time. And I would just pursue it on and off. And I finally said, no, this is the year that I'm going to do it. And then this next year, my word is diligence. And that is the attitude I want to take towards my work, uh, That's kind of the theme I'm setting for myself in terms of bar study, job searching, finding a career, starting my career. The second thing I usually do is picking out a saint of the year. I understand not everyone may feel called to that. You know, not everyone's Catholic. Totally understand. Uh, This could be modified for those who are, you know, more secular or just want, you know, a non-spiritual practice. So pick someone you admire, a role model, and learn more about them throughout the year. Uh, In the past, for me, the saints that I picked were Padre Pio, Saint Magdalene, Thomas Aquinas, Thomas More. Um, I also had a season of life where every month I would pick out an autobiography or a biography of someone I admired, and I would read that book to learn more about that person. And it's not just a matter of reading the book, putting it down, and forgetting about it, but also reflecting on what qualities of this person draws me to them and what would I like to potentially incorporate into my own personality more. So for example, Princess Diana. (laughs) I loved how, you know, she was such a compassionate person. She was able to connect with people in a way that, you know, had never been seen before with the royal family. And I loved this idea of being someone who's known for being warm and welcoming and empathetic. If there are role models or people that you, you know, you admire, it's worth learning more about that person. Like what happened in their life that led them to where they are today or were if, you know, they are no longer here. 
You can do this practice even with people in your own life. Let's say you know someone locally, someone in your family or that, or that you're friends with um, that you admire deeply. Don't be afraid to pick them. I mean, that could, I haven't done this, but, you know, I feel like that could be very powerful. Going to them and saying, I admire, you know, what you've done with, you know, insert activity here. Um, and I'm trying to emulate that. Could I take you out for coffee or lunch and just hear more about that and about your life? I mean, not only is that a great way to socialize, make friends and network, um, it could lead to a mentor who can help you reach the goal that you've set. And then finally, the big thing that I talked about in the beginning is the quarterly goal setting and breaking down the big picture into the smaller, bite-sized, like achievable steps uh, to reach that big picture. So the best example I have for this um, is really emphasized with my finances. So I am one of the unfortunate souls that signed off on a lot of private loans for my undergrad experience. And I mean, it's too late now. There's nothing I can do about it. I know better now, mainly because once I started working before I went to law school, um, one of my big goals was to become financially literate. So for me, you know, that was the big picture. I wanted to be someone who saves, who invests, who, who knows their way around finances, period. The way I broke that down was, okay, I'm going to research what books are out there that I can read that teaches me on this subject. What do, what does my savings account need to look like? What kind of accounts do I need to have? Um, this has been like an ongoing journey for me, uh, but to start, it was really just learning more. And then as I learn more, I could adjust the goal or the steps to that goal accordingly uh, in line with what I was learning. So when I first started working, um, one of the things that I learned was refinancing my student loans could really help with saving money in the long run. So I did that on my own. And then I also wanted to save up for a new car. So I learned how to budget that into my income. Um, I wanted to start investing for retirement. So the, you know, the easiest and best way that I could do that was just using my employer's head and maxing out however much for my paycheck I could put into that retirement account and then having my employer match it because that was something that they offered. Um, I started doing that. Over the course of one to two years, I had enough money saved up for a new car. I had also saved up in, in an emergency savings account, which is still something that I have today because, again, it's an emergency account. I do not touch it, um, and it's gotten me all through law school. So all of these things that if 2018 Kimber Marie, you know, had heard about these things, I would, like, I would be so proud of, <laughs> I mean, I am proud of myself, right, for, for doing these things because it is in alignment with this value of financial literacy um, that I had set for myself as a goal to cultivate. And that to me is the heart of goal setting. That's why you do it. It's, there's a quality or an item that you want in your life. You don't have it yet. You figure out how to get it and what you need to do to get from point A to point B. And I think that the people, based on my experience doing this and having friends who have done this, 
Those who take it seriously and sit down and say, what do I need to do differently or not do differently to make that happen for me? The people who take that process seriously are the people who get that goal, who reach the goal over time. No, it may not happen overnight. It may not even happen within a year. Maybe it's something that will take a long time to work towards. But the people who constantly put that before them and are constantly coming up with the steps they need to take to reach it are the ones who will eventually get there. But at the end of the day, it honestly is just a matter of you sitting down saying, what do I want in my life that I don't have yet? What do people who have what I want, what do they generally do to obtain that and maintain it? And what is missing from my life to make me be one of those people? It is literally as simple as that. Goal setting is going to look different for everyone. And if there's anything that I would recommend that you do um, after this is go and honestly listen to Dr. Huberman's lessons on goal setting. I will put his podcast episode in the podcast notes for this Uh, for this episode. Something that I will often make the mistake of is spreading myself too thin trying to work towards too many goals at once, um, and then I get tired and burnt out. Dr. Huberman really, he dives into the subject. He dives into why some people are successful with goal, goal setting and why some aren't. And going forward, the thing that I'm going to be focusing on is picking one goal and making that my focus for a certain amount of time. And then breaking that down further, like I usually do, uh, into achievable steps and working towards that every single day. Um, So I highly recommend that. I'm going to stop here. I was nervous about doing my first episode where I am just rambling by myself. (laughs) I don't know how helpful this was if it was at all, but I hope it can inspire some new practices or new ideas for you to try out. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Sailor's Daughter podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also check out my Substack blog of the same name. I publish weekly newsletters there that look at navigating personal and professional resilience. You can expect updates on new podcast episodes and content that is geared towards this growth mindset that we're trying to cultivate. I'm also on LinkedIn as Kimber Marie Faircloth. That's F-A-I-R-C-L-O-T-H. And I'm also on Instagram at the Sailor's Daughter Podcast. I know that's a lot of clicking, subscribing, and following, so I'll stop there. Uh, But I hope to engage with you on those other platforms and that you keep tuning in for more episodes. Bye, friends.